What's up, guys? It's your boy Big Germ here. I got Brennan in the bar with me. We got a special guest, JM. That's John Michael Axon. Got a little midday special with you for Feast Week. It is the day before Thanksgiving as we're recording this. Had to do it during the week this week. Everybody's going crazy. We've got some people going out of town, some people doing other stuff with family for Thanksgiving. But there's way too many sports going on this week to not do something. So let's just dive right in. Guys, it's it's now Wednesday. We've already had the Battle for Atlanta started. We had Monday Night Football already. Had some more college basketball and NBA last night. Looks like we've got some more basketball and hockey tonight. Big slate of games tomorrow for Thursday NFL. Um, they got the Egg Bowl tomorrow night. Um, Friday, even more basketball. And then the start of rivalry week, you know, on Saturday. Got the Iron Bowl, got the D game, Ohio State, Michigan. So it's a lot going on. Um, let's just dive right into it. Brennan? Well, I'll tell you, this is honestly probably the best time of the year because Thanksgiving is obviously great. You get to eat. You get to take a little nap after. You get to hang out with family, friends, whatever it is. But we've got nonstop college basketball on right now, which there are games on right now as we speak. Um, we've got a full slate of NFL games tomorrow which there's always something that crazy that goes on. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, our, our hometown boy, Antonio Gibson, had a game of his career with like three touchdowns on Thanksgiving. So that was huge. Um, and, you know, we always got the Cowboys playing. So I'm, I'm a big CD and Dak fan. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, CD has something crazy, like 185 yards and three tutties uh, tomorrow. Uh, and Dak is going to put on a show and show everybody why – he is arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. <coughs> so, the key word, arguably. Yeah, <laughs> very arguably. And I, I went to Mississippi State, so I fully support my man Dak. But um, I don't know. There's some some good guys out there. Uh, one, his last name starts with an M and ends with a, a Holmes. So, uh, he's pretty good, too. Hey, the Chicago Bears have scored more total points this year than the Kansas City Chiefs. Really? Yes. Is that is that a fact? That's a fact. Oh, okay. Okay. Chicago Bears have scored more total okay. points than the Kansas City Chiefs this yeah. year. Are the Bears going to make the playoffs? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> They're horrible. <laughs> so I'm just saying, okay? Yeah. I'm just saying Dak is leading in every statistical category right now. Oh, since yeah. the Since no, the 49ers game. He looks like a totally different player this year. I mean, he's uh, kind of getting back to the old, the old Dak that we knew where he's – He's got a you know very good pocket presence, and um, he he's really not turning the ball over like he was. I mean, last year was a as a was a very rough year, and he's uh, come back pretty strong. So. Yeah, and he's starting to use his legs again too. Again too, because after that injury last year, whenever he came back, he looked like he was a little scared to take off and run, and so he was throwing a lot of balls that he really shouldn't have. And usually, he would use his pocket awareness where he'd get out and make something happen with his legs. But um, this year, he's not making those same mistakes. If he doesn't like it, he doesn't see it. He's tucking it and taking it out of the pocket and running with it or being calm, collected, and checking it down to somebody too. So I love the way Dak's playing, and I'm excited to watch him play tomorrow. Um, I think that'll be a good game too because on the other end, you got Sam Howell. Sam Howell's been a surprise to everybody this year. Uh, Sam Howell, I think, is leading the league in uh, yards thrown. I think. Wow. Um, and they've had some big comeback wins this year. They've been in a lot of nail biters uh, with some really good teams. They took the Eagles to overtime. I mean, that Washington team is actually very fun to watch. And you know why they're fun to watch? Why is that? Because they got the OC from the Chiefs. And That's he, he and yeah. they are playing like the Chiefs of last year. And the Chiefs – They are, yeah. He's, he's just – Waiting to be a head coach in the NFL. He, he deserves, deserves it. it. He's done great everywhere he's been. He'll and, probably get it. Yeah. And I, I, it was a very interesting move for him to go from, you know, Kansas City team that won the Super Bowl to um, Washington. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he did that so he can have a bigger role and uh, honestly get a little more respect. Because a lot of the um, NFL fans and Chiefs fans specifically – you know, respect Andy Reid so much and uh, believe that he's the only reason why their offense rolls the way it does. But 
Um, that this year OC, it's looking different. That, command, that commander's OC, he's, he's commanding the offense. He is. I like it. He is. And, I mean, the Chiefs also are the lowest scoring team in the second half this year. And I think the commanders might be one of the highest, if not the highest, second half scoring teams in the league this year. Yeah. So, I mean. Shows he makes adjustments. He does. He does. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, they're also spreading the ball out. So, if you remember the Chiefs of old, you know, they were spreading the ball out a lot, especially last year without Tyreek Hill. They were hitting everybody. You didn't know who was going to have 100 yards that game. It could have been any one of them. And it's kind of that way this year with the Commanders where you might have McLaurin put up 100 yards one game. You might have uh, Dotson. You might have Curtis Samuel. You just don't know. They're spreading it out. They're using everybody, using Logan Thomas. Um, so I I really like watching that team. They're not a good football team, but I like watching them because they're, fun to, they're yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, they're, they're just a couple players away. They are. And they'll be in a very good spot. They blew up their defense, though, and gave up Chase Young. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's the kid from Mississippi State? Uh, Sweat. Montez Sweat is yeah. on the, the Bears now. So Yeah. Well, and then the next game, you're going Packers-Lions here. Um, I don't know what to make of that game, honestly. I really don't. Um, I can see it going either way. Uh, everybody's heavy on the lines right now. Uh, from a from a betting aspect, I think they're getting like ninety percent of the money right now. The lines are. Right. Um, it it is uh, it's in Detroit, and um, you know the Packers actually had a good game last week and beat uh, the Chargers, which is a very big win for them. I mean they're they've been struggling a little bit, but you know I don't think that their expectations are too high this year. Um, but Detroit's rolling eight and two and. Uh, Got some got some really good wins, um, and their offenses can be electric. And they're almost all healthy again now too, with yeah. David Montgomery back, <laughs> Gibbs back, uh, St. Brown back. I mean they they are looking good. Uh, they're starting to peak at the right time too. Um, but the Packers, everybody's been low on them to start the year. But Jordan Love is looking more composed, more comfortable in the pocket as as games go on. And you know, early on in the season, he was always trying to go for the home run play. This past weekend, I watched them against the Chargers. He wasn't. He he was going for a lot of home runs, but at the same time, he was hitting little under routes, little out routes, checking it down, playing the safe route, and he played great football this past weekend, and they got the win. So I'm big on Jordan Love now. Um, I don't know if they win this game, but I do think they cover that game. I think they keep it within a touchdown. Right. Yeah, seven and a half spread. That's always a, a tough one to bet on, but – I'm kind of with you. If I were to bet on it, I would uh, take Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Packers do have a horrible run defense. Uh, so I think one of my favorite bets of this game would probably be David Montgomery over on his rushing yeah. yards. I don't know what it is exactly. I'll, I'll always pick Montgomery, not Gibbs, because they don't feed the man. Nah. He, he's uh, he's very hungry on Thanksgiving, Yeah, which he's, is sad because uh, Thanksgiving's a time to – be as full as you want to be, and, and they won't feed the, feed the man. They won't feed him. <laughs> it's upsetting. And uh, you know who also is uh, who's on an empty stomach this year um, from a uh, fantasy football uh, perspective um, is uh, Big Germ here with no quarterbacks on his roster at this point. <laughs> we're, in, we're in a two-quarterback league, and he has no quarterbacks right now. Pretty much. <laughs> Right, no. what, what's what's happening? Well, the the long story of it is, is we're in a dynasty league, and uh, I drafted Deshaun Watson years ago, back when he was still with the Texans. Matter of fact, my first year with him, he was the leading um, passing yards leader in the NFL. So I thought I was in good standings. Then we moved to a two quarterback league, and I have been through the ringer with every single drafted quarterback I have since. I've drafted Mac Jones. I've drafted Zach Wilson. I have. Uh, I picked up Geno Smith off the waiver uh, last year. He actually pretty much carried my my team. Uh, it was a great waiver wire pickup. And then um, this year I drafted Anthony Richardson. So for the first time in, in years, it looked like I was actually going to have somewhat of a solid two-quarterback selection. And uh, started out hot, and Anthony Richardson was looking great. I said, man, this may be the rookie pickup of, you know, of of the year for fantasy perspective and man he he goes out on IR now uh, Watson's out on IR Watson. I think Gino may be out on IR so it's it's tank time hey, Gino's looking like he might not play but, this week but let's go back in time you know why that's all happened that's that's called karma people <laughs> karma for my man Deshaun Watson that has been raping and molesting women 
Well, he's getting paid now, so. Yeah. I know. I think he would have played better this year if they would just beat him off on the sidelines. You just can't have that guy on your roster. You don't know what he's going to do. I agree. I agree. This is your fault. And you had Mac Jones. Mac Jones, a racist. Nobody likes Mac Jones. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, Zach Wilson, you know, gets with people's moms. So He's been porking mothers out there. Yeah. I mean, you and I even said it yesterday. Coming out of the draft, they were some of the most, you know, highly touted fantasy quarterbacks, you know, as far as being talked about. And, you know, just shit on me, I guess. Oh, no, you good, know, no, good. Bad luck, I wouldn't have any good, good drafting. No, good football players, just bad people. You yeah. Know? Now I, they're getting shown up by Tommy DeVito. I like to keep my roster with good people. Yeah. Hey, think about that uh, rookie quarterbacks, though. Tommy DeVito from the Giants. You know, he still lives at home with his parents, and he's playing for the Giants. And uh, he's out there this past weekend. He was out there throwing three touchdowns, uh, and they almost put up a win against the the. Or no, they did. They they beat the Commanders this past weekend. Yeah. And uh, the man is in the NFL, and uh, he's he's living at home right now. And he said that he he's hooping. well, he's he said that he gets there. his he gets his clothes washed. He gets a full meal. Like, hey, he loves it. Hey, I can't blame him. I'm I'm the same way. I'm me and Tommy DeVito, basically the same person, except you, I'm I'm not in the NFL. But you're I, out there throwing touchdowns. I do live do live with my parents, and you know. It's not a bad move sometimes. You uh, you get the meals, you get your clothes washed, and I would say that's probably the best so part, much. getting clothes washed. Yeah, absolutely. Olivia complains every day that I don't wash clothes. Laundry is not fun. Mm-mm. It is not. I'm pretty good at the washing and drying. It's the putting away and and, yeah. and getting folded and putting it away in the closet. Or the, I've or the, got a whole other room. <laughs> where I'll, I'll uh, get everything out of the dryer and then just – Leave my clothes in the other yeah. room for yeah. maybe maybe months. Maybe yeah. I never yeah. maybe I never hang them up. Yeah, next uh, d- next day wash, but putting them, folding and putting away is at least hey, ten business days. Hey, the same way, clothes are clean. But that's what's good about these Acres Down South shirts is they don't they don't really wrinkle. They're wrinkle free. And, and they are, and you can uh, you can just throw them on the the other bed and pick them up in a couple weeks and good to go. And look good while doing it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay well, cool, stay dry. Well, if you want to talk about dirty laundry, we can talk about somebody else's dirty laundry who has now become a top-tier quarterback, uh, even though he might be out this week. Gino and the Seahawks take on the 49ers this week. Nobody wanted him. They wrote him off. He didn't write back. But he has the Seahawks sitting at 6-4 and four right now, 49ers sitting at 7-3. and three. Uh, You got Brock Purdy, who a couple of weeks ago was was – the odds-on favorite to win MVP of the league, which is shocking uh, considering that he is a system quarterback. And I, I will I will go down with that. He's a system quarterback. Well, he's got a lot of weapons that make him – He has the most weapons in the NFL. Very, very, very good. I think you could take a lot of starting NFL quarterbacks and they, they would look the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could put DeVito on this team. And they'd not, yeah, nothing against Brock Purdy. I mean, uh, there's a lot of – very average, mediocre quarterbacks right now in the NFL, and Brock Purdy's above average for sure. But he's he's I wouldn't say he's elite. No, he's not. He's not deserving of MVP, especially considering when McCaffrey is definitely the MVP of that team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and McCaffrey, every single one of their their whole offense runs through McCaffrey, even with all those weapons on the team. Um, this is a game right here where. If Geno plays, if he doesn't plays, I, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I think 49ers really come out and show out on Thanksgiving this weekend or this week. And uh, I think the 49ers definitely cover this seven and a half. Uh, I think they win this by two touchdowns, honestly. Um, and I mean, like I said, if Geno doesn't play, you got Big Cock Drew Locke coming out there. And, uh, He's not going to get it done. Yeah, no. I'm. I mean, I'm looking at the last few games by the Seahawks and uh, lost to the Rams last week. That that's pretty rough. Um, and a barely beating Washington, and then a a bad, real bad loss to, at Baltimore, thirty-seven to three. Yeah. Um. They're they're kind of on a bad spell right now, and they're playing a an elite team and a team that I think, in my opinion, could be a Super Bowl favorite. Um, by me, for so. sure, for sure. And another thing too is not only is Gino on the men, but uh, uh, Kenneth Walker might be out too. So then they'll be down to uh, Charbonnet, uh, who I like. I think he's a, I think he's probably might be better than Kenneth Walker. Um, but again, they're down, they're hurt right now. 
Uh, I think 49ers cover this. Um, if we were to make a little three-leg parlay here on set, uh, would y'all ride this? Would y'all ride Packers to cover seven and a half? Uh, 49ers to cover seven and a half? I would bet on the Packers. I mean, it's <laughs> one I would kind of want to stay away from, but the 49ers, I, I, I do like them for sure. And then I, I think, think Commanders cover 12 and a half against the Cowboys too. I think you could, you know, build multiple parlays on that 49ers game um, for the rest of the week. And obviously, you know, I think most of us we get a little antsy on on the old uh, on the old betting on the sports book and and we want to make that one parlay for Thursday. So yeah, um, we got to figure it out. We got to figure out the parlay. I mean, I'm going 49ers to cover. Um, I'd probably go Commanders in that like Commanders Dallas game. Coming. That that's a that's a big line. Twelve and a half is kind of tough. And then I would I would say Packers. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Is that, that three leg right there? I, I really like that. I think that twelve and a half is a little bit too high for the Commanders. I know Thanksgiving it's the Cowboys as America's team, but like I said, I think that Sam Howell and that offense can put up enough points. I like the over 48 and a half too. I think there's a lot of points put up in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Both both offenses are uh, clicking right now. Yeah. Big Jeremy, you following? You tailing that? Is that a minivan? I do like it, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Don't do these very often, but you know what? It is a holiday, so I'm in a giving spirit. I'm about to give you some free money right here. Let's hear it. Like it. We're going to go with a six-point teaser between the Packers and Lions game and the 49ers Seahawks game. If you take a six point teaser here, that's going to bring the Lions down to minus one and a half. That's going to bring the 49ers down to minus one or one and a half, depending on what book you're on. You put those in right now, that's a minus 120 odds. I mean, that's free money. I'm giving you money. Yeah, absolutely. That's free money. So take the six point teasers, (laughs) Lions, 49ers, lock it in. That's free money. I like it. And we're all about free money here. Um, also, uh, while we're thinking about it too, I saw a statistic, um, and I'm not sure how true it is, but I saw it and I was reading what a bunch of other people were saying about it, and they were like, you know, they were backing it up too. Um, but it was something ridiculous where if there was a line under, if there was an over under line in the NFL that was under, if, if the line was set under 44 points, so like Seahawks 49ers, it's 43 and a half, so it's under 44 points. It was like a ninety percent lock that that game went under the, the whatever the line was. So if it was under forty four, like forty three and a half, forty two and a half, whatever it was, whatever that line was set at, it was like a ninety percent hit rate in the last five years that it went under. And if the game was over forty four, so like we have forty eight and a half and forty six and a half, it was like a seventy percent hit rate that the line that the game was actually going over that hit and. Like I said, I haven't dove, you know, dove, I haven't dove, dove into the statistics on that, but from what everybody else was saying too, it was like it, it has some truth to it. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense. But I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. So if you're going off that statistics, then you're looking at uh, two overs and one under there for the for for Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I don't know. But I'll tell you, moving on to Friday, uh, you're just gonna skip the whole egg bowl as a. Well, I was just going to hit NFL real quick okay. from Thursday and Friday and then go into college, college football. But, I mean, going into Friday here, you've got I, Jets I, and as Dolphins. As a Mississippi State fan, I do want to not talk about the Egg Bowl. But. Hey, we'll get to it in a minute, but I'm actually kind of big on Mississippi State this weekend uh, or this week. All right. But going back to this real quick, Dolphins-Jets on Friday, the first ever Black Friday game. Uh, Amazon spending $100 million, uh to be able to host this game. Wow. Yeah. Spending a hundred million just to let my TV glitch. <sighs> yeah, you get a lot of money. And buffer. Yeah, it's I a, hate streaming on Amazon. I hate Amazon streaming too. It sucks. Thursday night games, I don't even watch hardly anymore. But money talks. Money talks. Oh, it does. But on that game, Dolphins favored by nine and a half right now against the Jets and Tim Boyle. Oh yeah, big. <coughs> who's it? Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Big Tim. Yeah. I don't know about Big Tim. He's uh, he. I mean. I hate to say it against our boy Zach Wilson, but he'll probably be a little upgrade. Um, but that probably isn't saying too much. And the Dolphins, they're they're so electric. And uh, New York, I, I don't know. Let's see what they they've kind of been doing last last few games. They've almost kind of given up a little bit. Even as good as that defense looked to begin the year, they're they're getting tired and. Um, 
you know, it's tough when your offense <laughs> gets a lot of three and outs and you're on the field the whole game and um, they're in a they're in a bad spot. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I hate to say it, but I think that will kind of continue. I'm pulling for the Jets, but I think that that will continue and uh, I've got the Dolphins to cover. I agree. I'm kind of right there with you. But one thing I will say about Tim Boyle, I kind of am with you on on that I think it is a little bit of an upgrade. Not from a talent aspect. Zach Wilson is a talented quarterback. Absolutely. But yeah. I think that Tim Boyle will fit more of their system, what they want him to be. They wanted Zach Wilson to be a game manager, just a game manager, check down, uh, not do too much, just be able to check it down, be able to get a couple of yards, and then be able to let uh, Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook be able to get you the next couple of yards. So I think Tim Boyle will actually fit that system a little better and play that role better than Zach Wilson would because Zach Wilson does have a lot of talent and he was still trying to do things. Yeah, but he's you know just lost so much confidence over yeah. this period of time. I don't know if he fell over his own feet the other night. Yeah, yeah, it's just embarrassing. Yeah, I so hate it. I hate it for them. I think Tim Boyle does actually play better in this role. So I'm taking Jess to cover here. I'm taking Jess to cover nine and a half in a low total, a forty and a half over under. I'm, that's too many points in that low of a total for me. Really? I'm You're taking, taking the under? I, no, I'm saying I, there's too uh, many points oh, yeah. for Miami at nine and a half. Well, we, we know Miami can score an easy 40 on anybody, uh, even though the Jets' defense is obviously is good. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, I think they're a little demoralized. Yeah. Well, that brings us through Thursday and Friday. Big Jerm, what do you think about that Jets and Dolphins game? Man. The only thing that's going to save the Jets is it's being at home. First Black Friday game ever. I will give it to their fan base. They never give up. They are always electric and just in full support. Like JM said, the Dolphins can score on anybody. Um, but it's it's hard for me to take take them at minus nine and a half going away with all the limelight and everything. But, I mean, I can see it going both ways too. So, honestly, I may not even touch it from a betting standpoint. But if you're going to make me – Put a bet on it. I might. I may go Jets plus nine and a half. There we go. You know, I could also see the under hitting, mm-hmm. even though we just talked about how low it is mm-hmm. because it's on Amazon, and we all know that that's the worst football <laughs> we see. And it's, it's just always it's low. a curse. It's a curse. Um, good for defenses, bad for the offense. Yeah, and if we're going with a better defense here, the Jets have a better defense. True. Um, and, you know, I told you the other day, I showed you my statistics. My uh, my number one profitable team in all of sports this year, betting on them, doesn't matter if it's basketball, football, whatever it is, the number one team that has made me the most money this year has been the Jets. So I'm rocking with them still. Worst team, Minnesota Timberwolves. They've lost <laughs> me a lot. Yeah. So, all right, well, that covers us for NFL on Thursday and, and Friday. Now let's jump back into some college football. All right, and let's just go ahead and start hey, well, with the egg right, One more NFL thing that uh, I had seen somewhere and, and really started thinking about this, and this is the most interesting – this is the interesting fact of the day for you guys. We're, we're out here, we're feeding you interesting facts to talk about. I like it. Well, for some reason there is a correlation in NFL wide receivers. Some of the best receivers in the league, in the world, are uh, left-handed. I mean, what percentage of people are even left-handed? It's like very low percentage. Very low. I feel like it's getting a little higher. People are You're starting to come hey, out. Hey, people we, are hey. starting to come out of the closet. A I know. Bit. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're coming out of the closet. All right. Hey, hey, hey we're we're talking about this, and I forget that uh, Jacob over here is a lefty. He's been out He's of the closet that for a little sweet, bit. Sweet left-handed golf swing, and left-handers just look better doing whatever they do. But but in the NFL, you've got Tyreek Hill. Superstar, AJ Brown, superstar, CD Lamb, superstar, Devontae Smith, superstar, and AJ Brown, Devontae Smith on the same team. Isn't that just wild? And I, you know, there's more than just that, but think about it. Those are some of the top players, and you kind of wonder, it makes your mind wonder, uh, how does that help them? That's insane. Does it help them? We don't know, but interesting. That really is a weird statistic to think about. I mean, do you think it would? And there's only one left-handed quarterback in Tua. And then, to you, say, yeah, then you've Tua's, got – Tua's left-handed. They want a left-handed Tyreek Hill. Before Mike Vick got into those dogs, he was a badass quarterback too, left-handed yeah. quarterback. Yeah, but they're – I mean, it seems like the left-handed quarterbacks are 
seem always elite, but there's not very many of them. Yeah. Well, you know, there's also more left-handed serial killers too. So, I mean, Jacob, mm. you got anything to say? I was Michael anything? Myers for our Halloween special. Anything so you want to tell us? Your best receivers and your best serial killers are all left-handed. Everybody's killing. And there's a lot of receivers now that are having CTE too. Yeah. So I mean, James Harden might be a serial killer. He might he might have CTE too. James Harden has something. Something's wrong with him. He has something. Yeah. Well, that is a pretty cool statistic, and yeah. I will say it, it'd be something to study on that to see if it does help them. Because I I really don't understand how it would. Yeah, it might kind of get the cornerbacks off a little bit in terms of, um, you know, those long throws where it's over the shoulder and then that left-handed side is more dominant. I'm not sure. Only if you're lining up on the left side of the field, though. Yeah, maybe, but maybe the OCs really know that. Maybe they're thinking about that. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. And two and Tyreek being on the same team, too. I mean, wonder if there's a little left Two and Tyreek and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah. Two elite left-handed uh, receivers. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. That is interesting. Well, let's talk about something else interesting here. Um, Egg Bowl. Yeah. Give me your predictions. What, <coughs> what is uh, the line set? I think it's 10 and a half. <laughs> Ten and a half. I think. Uh, I've got Ole Miss. You know, normally uh, the Egg Bowl. Ten, you, actually. You never know. And that's why the line's only what it is. But the fact that it's in Starville is one thing. Uh, but it's a game that you never know, no matter how well one team is playing, no matter how bad another team is playing. Uh, it always seems to be very interesting. But this is the one year since – I started going to Mississippi State in 2014, um, and this is the worst team I've ever seen we us have. Normally our defense can kind of pick us up, or maybe our offense has been good at times, but this year um, <laughs> we're bad on both sides of the ball. It's kind of um, sad, though, because there is some talent out there. Woody Marks is a good the, no, Oh, yeah, but Woody Marks has been hurt all year and yeah. just hadn't really been able to stay on the field. And, you know, the – uh, firing of Zach Arnett, uh, which, you know, it's a tough, tough position as a Mississippi State fan is uh, he comes into a very tough situation with obviously rest in peace, uh, Mike Leach. And um, but we all knew all the fans knew the team knew even Zach Arnett knew that it was a trial. Yeah. And um, our defense just wasn't really as good as it had been, I think that he was a little bit in a, um, you know, tough situation in terms of trying to manage the whole team instead of just being a very good coordinator. I mean, he was a great defensive coordinator. He um, was getting offered by multiple uh, huge programs. I think Auburn offered him to be their defensive coordinator last year. Yeah. Um, but – you know, when an SEC head coach job comes up, you have to take it, and uh, he did, and um, just wasn't very successful. So. No, but he'll he'll he's so young still, and he does have really good connections. Yeah, he'll get another shot at some point. So at maybe some not point, SEC, he, but, but but I really hope that he can land a bigger uh, defensive coordinator job from somebody. Um, you know, if let's say the Georgia coordinator leaves for a head coaching job, I mean. Zach Arnett ought to be a good candidate for a job like that because he's a proven great coordinator. Yeah. But a head coach, he's got still a little bit of time to develop and uh, improve. We want to hear what's crazy is Ole Miss opened. The line opened at 13 and a half for Ole Miss. Yeah. And it's been taken down to 10. And, you know, last year Ole Miss did not win a game in the month of November. So it is interesting. This is a tough – it's a tough – game always between either team no matter who sucks and who's good um right i mean Ole miss has a lot to play for though you know if they uh if they win they'll probably be in a new year six bowl yeah i mean very possibly depending on what everybody else does but they they've got a really good team and uh lane kiffin's doing a great job yeah i my thing is is yeah uh, mississippi state kind of sucks on offense and defense right now uh, Ole Miss is unreal offensively, but they suck on defense too. They do, they do, and you know Will Rogers is back, so that would be one selling point. And I don't, I'm not a big, you know, Will Rogers isn't the best quarterback out there, uh, but 
next. Not even the top 100. But he's an upgrade from how we were playing. I mean, scoring yeah, uh, just a couple points every game that he hadn't played. Which I had a bunch of hope for Mike Wright. Uh, yeah, I did too. I mean, he was a good runner, but yeah. we never <laughs> – I, I felt like we never trusted him as a real quarterback to throw the ball. And uh, I think he felt that, and um, his confidence just never grew. Only put him in and design runs. Yeah. Like, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in a tough spot at the quarterback position. Yeah. but you know, Will Rogers, hometown kid. Some of you fans just look at stats and think Will Rogers is is the guy, but he, he's, he's not he's the not best. He's not the guy. He's not the best player out there. That just goes to show right there that um, there are some – you know how everybody makes the Heisman deal um, that they're not going to let certain players into it because of certain offenses boost those statistics and they're like they're playing in an offense that allows them to get crazy statistics. That was their argument against Hendon Hooker playing in that offense. But then you now look at how Joe Milton's played in it. Yeah, uh, Hooker definitely deserved to be in that Heisman conversation. Oh, absolutely. And then, I mean, he, but Hendon Hooker passes the eye test. I mean, when you watch him play – He's just really good at football. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a great quarterback. And then Will Rogers, you know that the reason he is the SEC all-time completion leader, which is the craziest stat you'll ever hear. Interesting fact. You, you guys need to write it down. It might be on Jeopardy one day or something. But he uh, he throws short passes. I mean, that's that was the Mike Leach offense and uh, led to him having uh, good stats. Yeah, his little but, five- to ten-yard passes that – but in terms of, you know, touchdowns and interceptions, I mean, just he throws a lot of picks and throws a lot of arid arid balls, arid passes. And he underthrows a lot. Uh, he's, if it's he over is, 15 yeah. yards. Yeah. I mean, you can't compare Hendon Hooker to Will Rogers. No, no. But I'm saying that type of – that, that yeah. argument that people say that certain yeah. offenses they shouldn't be allowed. Like a couple of years ago in the Baylor's offense, what was, uh, what was the quarterback from Baylor uh, like – Seven years ago, that was so good that they were. I mean, I know Texas Tech had uh, Graham Harrell with Mike Leach, and he was throwing bombs. He also had Michael Crabtree on his team, who was a freak. Yeah, um, it, um, Baylor's quarterback. They, they. That's why they did. His stats were unreal that year, and they didn't put him in the Heisman Heisman race because they said that offense that they ran uh, boosted his stats to yeah, look. I can't. I can't remember. Um, to look it up. But yeah, I mean, back to the back to the problem at hand here, the Egg Bowl. I think Mississippi State actually does keep this a close game. Um, Bryce Petty, that's what it was. Bryce Petty. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, I just want to know that real quick. But yeah, it's Bryce Petty. They <laughs> his stats that you were unreal, and they said that he was not allowed to be in the Heisman. Not not allowed, but they weren't going to put him in yeah. the contention for it. Well, I mean that, that. that's part of the eye test when you know fans that know you know about college football understand that he's not really excuse me he's not really the best player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know you want to talk about uh, while we're on college football and all that and hot seats. You want to talk about some hot seats right now? You know we've already lost Jimbo Fisher which was more than deserving, but oh, they're going to be paying him an unreal amount of money yeah, for a he, long time. He, he wouldn't have had his job three years ago if uh, the buyout wasn't so crazy. Yeah. But, but he's gone. Yeah. And I, it, you know what's crazy is he actually can take another head coaching job and st- he'll still get his buyout. A lot of times in college football that doesn't happen that way and that if you take another job, and that's why you see – a certain coach is probably <laughs> working for ESPN or a CBS for a couple of years because they're waiting on their buyout to to finish so they can get back into it. Shoot, I <laughs> yeah, Jimbo Fisher's made done. You know, he had a pretty good payday. Yeah, he had a great payday, uh, and that is one thing where I think that's the best job in the world as a fired top yeah. tier quarter. I mean, shout, uh, coach. Shout out to his agent Jimmy Jimmy Sexton who. Uh, Owns the college football coaching carousel, and he has uh, done an incredible job. He's got all Hometown the guys. Hero. He's got he's got Saban, doesn't he? Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban. He had Dan Mullen. He's got Lane Kiffin. Um, honestly, probably every single one you can think of. I mean, he he had Sarkeesian. He had all the Texas coaches that Charlie Strong that had been there, and um, you, you know, you got to 
these college football coaches owe him a lot because he has set a standard of how much money that they should make. And that standard and, is a and, shit ton. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you think about, I mean, obviously college football coaches have to do a lot more than NFL coaches in terms of recruiting and managing. Um, and NFL coaches really just have to coach. Yeah. Um, so college football is a harder job, but, um, I mean – It'll be interesting to see who gets get that job more. next. Who gets that Texas A&M job next? Yeah, I'm not really sure. If if I were them, I would, you know, you could do the opposite and and go out of your way and get that. Um, I forgot the guy's name or trailer uh, from UT oh, San Antonio. Yeah. It was a guy like that. Um, is the exact opposite of a Jimbo Fisher who, um, his he seems like a really good game coach, and Jimbo Fisher has proven that he. He hasn't been a very good game coach, but well, Trailer's also a very professional and acting human being too. Yeah, Did you see oh, yeah. his interview the other day uh, no. when they asked him about it, and no. he was like, he was like, guys, we just won a huge game, and he's like, I don't want to hear about Trailer right now. I want to hear about my team, and that's all we're talking about. Well, I, if you're gonna sit up here and ask me about myself, I'm not gonna talk. Yeah, and so I mean that I, that's I, huge. I, right I there. see, I see a hire like that for them because that is, like I said before, that's the opposite of you know what they just lost on. Yeah. And um, do you think they try to go after? Uh, uh, um, they could try prom? to. Get, they could try to go after a lot of people. I don't think uh, they can throw money at whoever. I mean, they yeah, got enough money. I don't think. I don't think Dion would be in the conversation. I think. Uh, you know, they even I've seen reports of like them trying to get Dabo Sweeney or even Ryan Day, and uh, you know Dabo doesn't seem so happy right now. But uh, I mean, and Ryan Day, I don't know, but you just Dabo you know, wants to run a program like yeah, he wants to run yeah. a program, and he doesn't want anybody to have any and say that, so on that it. Texas A and M job. I know there's a lot of money involved, but Ohio State has a lot of money too. And why in the world would Ryan Day go to Texas A and M and and have a harder time recruiting, you know, against the Texas prospects with Texas coming to the SEC and um, Oklahoma and, and all that. I mean, it, it doesn't really make much sense to me. Or you can say at Ohio State where you play two big games a year and then yeah, play a bunch of high yeah. school teams. The and they the obviously – Ohio State has very high expectations. <laughs> and if they don't consistently win national championships every three to four years, then <laughs> he might be on the hot seat, you know, which is – insane but you know they're at a different level and then you know i've heard the swirlings too about mullen coming back to mississippi state you know that that'd be that'd be very interesting i think uh sad to say but i think a lot of the mississippi state fans would be very happy about it even though we we were the same same people that cussed him out whenever he left for florida which honestly you can't blame him uh florida's a much bigger job and um but Florida, it was the way he left, not the, why he the left. way the way he left. Uh, you know, me as a Dan Mullen um, fan over the over the years, you know, I I did get aggravated. Or uh, my junior year, um, he was actually interviewing with different jobs, um, and he never got any of them. He wanted to go to Miami. There was even reports he was going to go to Maryland and leave Mississippi State, and and. I don't really think Maryland's a better program than Mississippi State. That no. seems kind of crazy to me. Yeah. But he seemed like he really wanted out, and uh, I think that rubbed a lot of Mississippi State fans the wrong way, but never took any of those jobs or never got them. We don't really know. But then once the Florida job comes up, uh, obviously that's a, <laughs> a no-brainer, and you have to take it, and he did. And they just have a different expectation in Florida than yeah. Mississippi State. and. Mississippi State has a, has pretty low expectations. We we, to the rest of the we do we do, and I think after Dan Mullen, our expectations have gotten higher, and uh, that's been a very interesting thing. So I think, like I said before, I think a lot of Mississippi State fans would take Dan Mullen back, even though we weren't very happy when he left. Yeah, um, but I don't know if he would really want to leave the booth. You know, he's he's done a good job and likes working there and he's also probably still getting paid his buyout from yeah. Florida. So well one one thing about Mississippi State too that uh is interesting, even after all all these years, you know, you had the high years with Dak there and Mullen there and then it kind of fell off and then, you know, you were competitive but you weren't really good. 
One thing that hasn't changed about uh, Mississippi State, though, is uh, that's uh, D-Line University right there. Oh, they put are. out more dogs on the D-Line than anybody. It's, it's am- it was amazing watching uh, the Chiefs-Eagles game the other night because you've got, obviously, Fletcher Cox, um, and then you've got Dari- Darius Slay, great cornerback still, as old as he's gotten. But then you've got Chris Jones on the other side. And uh, Willie Gay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Willie Gay's underrated. I mean, as a <laughs> linebacker, linebacker's just a position we never really talk about as sports fans because that's not really the primary pass rusher. And we all talk about the Chris Joneses or the Fletcher Cox, but Willie Gay can play. Willie I mean, very he's, good. he's very good and a uh, big part of that Kansas City defense. But, and then you got Montez Sweat, too. Yeah, Montez Sweat. And, yeah, you got a lot of players. Yeah. Cameron so, Dansler and – you got Forbes out there in Washington, first round pick. I mean, we've we've Jeffrey produced, Simmons and yeah, Danico Big Jeff Archery. and Jeffrey Simmons. And yeah, I mean, we've D and cornerbacks. They got the it. crazy thing is all of our players uh, that have made it to the NFL seem to be like pretty elite players. Yeah, but we've you know we haven't produced as many NFL players as obviously the big dogs. So that is a good point though. The ones that they have produced that have stuck around, have they're very, elite. They have done very well. And yeah. then it, they, it's either they fall off and they're not going to play anymore, they're not going to be in the NFL, or they're elite. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, no in between. Yeah. Forbes it's did have a bad uh, opening week. Remember when they played the Eagles? It was like week one or week two. And uh, they ended up uh, they ended up benching Forbes because okay. he was just getting cooked. Yeah. And well, they showed him on the sidelines, and he's like, I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference when you're playing – you know, kids and college. I mean, even though it's SEC and you AJ got Brown. some good receivers, but then you go up against AJ Brown as a man and Devontae Smith as a man, and you know those are, those receivers are pretty good. But he's been good since then. Yeah, nah, he he's learning. He's learning. He'll get better. We'll see. What what other uh, what other big games we got? Um, well, we got the game. We got the game. Yes, the game. Um, I'll be honest. Lines three, mm-hmm. Michigan wins this double digits. Mm. I think Michigan's the most talented team in college football, and I've been saying that since week one, and I will continue to say that. Uh, I do not think McCord is the guy there at Ohio State, but he is the guy by default pretty much. Um, I know that their defense has been really good. I know Marvin Harrison is a stud, but give me Michigan by double digits here. Talent from top to bottom, it's it's a it's a different category, I think. Uh, I don't I don't know about that. I mean, I think that Ohio State has a lot of talent. Um, if you look at the NFL draft boards, they get some top dogs. Obviously, oh, they the do. receivers are top. Yeah, <laughs> but then they've got other players. Uh, and their defense some defensive has been incredible. Players. I don't really know all their names, but um, I think the game will be really tight. I would. I kind of stay away. I'm not going to bet on it. Um, in Michigan, though, that is one thing. I'm taking alternate spread nine and a half. Michigan. I hate. I hate how that's an eleven o'clock game. That just the Big Ten does that kind of stuff. Even even better. Kyle McCord's going to be hung over at eleven a.m. Yeah. I don't Michigan know. nine and a half. I can play at eleven. <laughs> but, but they're yeah, all going to be show up today till eleven. Yeah. I do like I was Michigan. Hungover. <laughs> I do like Michigan. I don't know if I'd like them all the way up to nine and a half, but they just got a lot to play for, man. Between the sign stealing deal, they're being they're at home. It's the game. It's the only game they, you know, they've got circled every year on their calendar. Still trying to free Harbaugh. I mean, apparently they're America's team too. They, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Dave Portnoy's got a bag on it. You know, give me give me Michigan here. Yeah, never don't fade, Dave. Yeah, I, I look. I think it's a great spot for Michigan. I think Michigan wins. I think Michigan wins it all this year too. Um, so uh, I I love it. I just I can't get off Michigan there. Um, I know it sounds like I'm riding a little bit, uh, which I am, uh, but I can't get off Michigan there. Um, another game that is actually <coughs> very exciting to me because one of these teams is coming off a horrible loss, like a very embarrassing loss, Auburn. In Alabama, the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Look at Auburn too. Bama's yeah, no, I, and a half I, I could see I could see Auburn covering with a Hugh Freeze and 
how smart he is and you know on his play calls and all that and really getting them prepared and I think that uh, I don't know what happened last week I mean New Mexico State was a pretty good team but they had no business winning that game by the way they did but that's what Hugh Freeze does he plays down to competition and yeah. plays up to competition yeah and, and you know you've got to think from the outside looking in that he might have been trying to prepare for the Iron Bowl and just completely overlooked them but uh which is no bueno. Can't can't do that. Yeah. But uh, that Alabama team is rolling right now. And they are. That Georgia Alabama game is going to be very interesting. But I, I could, in some world, see Auburn covering this game. I don't see any way they could win. The talent is just completely, uh, completely different. That Alabama team is showing that they're very talented, and Auburn is just trying to find their way. Yeah. And. Uh, We'll, we will see what happens. Peyton Thorne is horrible. Um, yeah. And 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 if you look He's at this He's just not – he freezes guy. You know, he freezes the type of coach that's got to be on the same wavelength as his quarterback. And He needs uh, a Peyton, gunslinger too. Yeah, Peyton Thorne and that guy. But he'll find it. Yeah. And, he will, and they've got some. That's one thing that Auburn has done already. Is this is not Hugh Freeze's team that he wants right now, but they have done a great job in recruiting and portal. Next year, they're going to bring in some really good guys that are going to fit yeah, Hugh Freeze's I system. I mean, I mean, realistically, for this Auburn team, is as on talent as they are to be six and five, really isn't that bad. And give Georgia a scare at yeah. home too. As bad as last week was, it's still <laughs> a win season for them. Yeah, um, and they'll they'll be back where they need to be. Yeah, but on the Alabama side, uh, I agree. Alabama has really come along. They are peaking at the right time, and uh, my two favorite teams for this year to it's going to be Michigan and Alabama. Um, and yeah, I, I think mean, they have the two best shot right now. I think that it, you know this year if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, which is very possible, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a coin flip. Um, but then what do you do for the playoffs? I mean, can you sneak both of them in? Obviously, Alabama gets in, yeah. even though they have a uh, Texas loss. But this year it's very tough to put two teams from the same conference, whether it be Alabama and Georgia or Michigan and Ohio State, because you've got some undefeated outsiders. You've got Washington, who uh, we project to win out. We don't know. Um, yeah, Florida State. And Florida State. I don't think you can put this. It, it's it's bad to say because Florida State is going to finish undefeated, and Florida State will finish where they should be yeah, in. And we, but saw I don't that. think you can put them in without yeah. Jordan Travis. And we we've seen that with the college football uh, playoff committee deciding to knock them back to five instead of four. And obviously Washington had another good win, so kudos to Washington. Um, but at the same time. You hate you hate it for Jordan Travis. Um, we hope you have a speedy recovery, um, and I, I agree. I mean, it's part the of leg it. Leg was messed and, up, and, though. Yeah, and they're just not going to look the same without him. Yeah, but but that's my thing. I don't think I don't think you can let them get in without Jordan. And it's and it's it, disrespectful if, to the team if they are undefeated. They are in though. I just don't like it. I know that I they should I, be, I, no, no, you, but I just don't like it. They would get the committee would get so much flack. Oh, they're in for a nightmare. Because what if? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, no, no, hypothetically, hypothetically yeah. speaking, what if this happens? Michigan wins the game this Saturday, then wins out. Washington stays undefeated. Bama rolls in the Iron Bowl, and it goes on to win the SEC championship. But then Texas stays undefeated too. And you still got Florida State undefeated. But Texas isn't undefeated. They lost to Oklahoma. Yeah, they lost to Red River Rivalry, one of the biggest games of the year. But they have the win over Alabama. But my thing is I would want Texas in there, but I think that they have to put put Florida State in there because of them being undefeated and because of all the slack they get. But I don't want them in there. I want Texas in there. I agree, but I think a lot of people say if you put Bama in, you almost have to put Texas in there because of that win over. But here's my thing. You get talking about the eye test. Since that game, since the Texas-Alabama game, Texas has obviously gone on the decline, and Alabama has done nothing but get better. Yeah, absolutely. I, so, I, really, it's all in Georgia's hands. You know, if Georgia takes care of business yeah. and rolls, and there's no question, Bama get, I mean, gets tossed out, then we're probably going to be looking at something like Georgia, Michigan, yeah. Washington, and – All undefeated. It nor- yeah, it normally works itself out, as we know, but 
Uh, but if that happens, though, the committee's in for a nightmare. I like. They're gonna, I mean, there's no way they can win. They're going to be. Yeah. There's going to be entire. I hope it does happen. I hope, the committee has, I hope the committee has a. Well, that just proves the show. Well, we need to expand this thing. Yeah, yeah. Which it's we a, are next year. Yeah. But. So we'll see. I mean, I think that they have. They talk about a lot now. They've done a better job of being realistic, like we're talking about, and saying that this team is playing better right now and that uh, Texas won over Alabama. I hate to say it. At the beginning of the year, probably isn't going to matter as much as it realistically should have or yeah. should. It's two um, totally different teams at this point. Exactly. Well, I mean, that raises the question we've asked on this podcast yeah. before. When it gets to the end of the season and you're weighing out these wins, do you weigh it where that team is now or how that team or how that matchup was at that time? Now. Yeah. You know I what think, I'm saying? I think now um, – Because if you, if you rate it on how good <coughs> Alabama is now – well, then that Texas win is huge they, for Texas. They, they've got to be very careful, too, about the – for TV rating purposes and money and revenues. Like, if if what we're talking about is the case and the college football playoff committee wants uh, the better teams that are playing, you know, or playing better at the end of the year to be the teams that are in uh, the playoffs, which obviously it's going to expand, but right now – then uh, why would you want to schedule a game against Texas? Why would Texas want to play Alabama? Why would Alabama want to play Texas at the beginning of the year? Because that game could be completely irrelevant. And if it's completely irrelevant, then, um, well, I guess that does bring in revenue. But it's you, all you have, a, chan- you have a chance to lose, um, and it yeah. can hurt. Yeah, it's all about money at the end of the day, so they'll do whatever makes them the most money, Yeah, honestly. And if that's the case, then I think Texas gets in just because of how much money they would actually bring to the to the viewership and everything. No, you're right. Okay, so for, um, for these three big games, we're going Ole Miss, Michigan, Bama. We talk money lines are covering because I'm on, I'm on Mississippi State to cover. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm yeah. just trying to honestly just – yeah, but the other big game, too, we're not even talking about it, is Tennessee-Vanderbilt, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way Tennessee's playing right now, Vanderbilt has a shot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? Tennessee's going to roll. You know why? Because Nico. I hope they put. I hope they play Nico. Are they going to play Nico or not? I don't know. I've been. I've, been, I've heard talks of, of not just because it's senior day. And you know that would it's, be it's disrespectful. Like, it's like yeah, you road building this long. Why write them off on senior yeah, they, day? Plus the whole eligibility either. factor from red shirt and stuff. You know it doesn't count. Uh, the bowl game doesn't count. So I didn't you know, realize it's senior day. I feel sorry. I feel sorry for Milton now. That's yeah. So on his senior day, everybody's gonna be chance. I think he at least gets to start because of that. Now what they do after that, depending on the you know how the game flow is going, I think you know Nico does deserve some time. But regardless, it sounds like he's probably gonna put play if in the Vanderbilt bowl game. wins this game. Are They're you, not going to win. Are you if Vanderbilt wins this game? What is what? How will you react? What will you do? I mean, I won't act any different. I normally react. Like I said, there's nothing <laughs> Tennessee can do to surprise me. I will say that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can't phase this are you going to get let down in that coffin a little earlier? Probably. <laughs> but you know that's fine because then I, that just means I won't get let down. I'll get. I'll go ahead and be let down before March gets here. <laughs> Tennessee's going to let you down today too. Kansas went in. It don't matter to let me down last night against Purdue. Not really, though. Honestly, if we're about to roll into basketball, let me just. Well, college basketball, you got to have tough skin and forget about it. Oh, forget man, that's, about the losses. This Tennessee team. It happens. That's the toughest, the toughest basketball. I was texting the group Texas, man, they're out here playing football, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what type of players Rick Barnes recruits though. Rick, Rick Barnes, football players. Rick Barnes is a he's a gamer, gamer yeah. coach, I'm just mean, like Bruce Pearl was. The only reason I'm I'm upset with losses because we played them so well and had such a you know we were hell at one point in the first <coughs> half we had a ten point lead and and we were always in striking distance the majority of the second half you know just foul trouble and things like that got us got us in trouble and uh, man Purdue having Edie on the team man. That's just such a weapon. Hey, the game actually just started. Tennessee, Kansas. He, he's a big cat. Edie so. is the biggest waste of space. I hate that guy. All right, I well, hate I mean, him. He's such a weapon because I mean, like, <coughs> if you go down low and give it to him, you can't guard him without drawing a foul. So it's either you let him just hang his nuts on your chin and dunk on you, or you draw another foul, and then. But see, that is my problem with college basketball. I love college basketball. I love it more than anything because it, anything can happen. It's so much fun, and, and you never know what's going to happen. 
But the difference between NBA and college is just NBA players are a hundred times better and the basketball is better because a player like Edie, they would completely put, take Edie out of the game because they'd spread everybody out. They would bring him to the top of the key and force him to guard a pick and roll, which he wouldn't be able to guard. And then you're just giving up a bucket every single time. So they would have to force him to the bench. And they're not a good – teams in college don't have enough – they don't have five players that are that skilled that can pull somebody out and make them irrelevant in a game basically. Yeah. And that's my problem with Edie is everybody looks at him as like this dominant great player. But in the real scheme of things, he's not that good. Yeah. Well, I mean, well Tennessee well, – tr- He's, Tennessee he's tried. a dominant college player. But like you're saying, I mean – you know, we're talking about college basketball there. We're I not know, talking about I the know, NBA. I know. But I mean, I'm Tennessee just saying from a basketball they got standpoint. Some just clean looks last night. Some of the best looks you could ever ask for in a basketball game, and they were just bricking. I mean, they just yeah. they should have just taped off the corners because they weren't hitting at all. Vescovy's hot. He's already got first four points here. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Just like I said earlier in the, when we were talking <laughs> upstairs in the office, think about Tennessee, they're going to have elite defense. And it all depends on their scoring. If the if their scoring gets hot, if the offense is hot, they're unstoppable. But if they go on scoring droughts like they did last night, you know, and let teams hang around in it, I mean, Purdue shot like 50 free throws <coughs> last night. They, 50, they, 5-0. They went into the half with only six made field goals and were down by two points. Mm. Yeah. No, down by one point. My bad. <coughs> that that is the, crazy. Shows you the defense. <coughs> I mean, they'll they'll be in every game they play. Yeah. Uh, because of the defense, but they match up well with pretty much win. everybody. Yeah, they match up well with Kansas today. And my thing on Kansas is Kansas. I was huge on Marquette last night because here's the thing: Marquette plays an up tempo style of play, and Kansas one. If they get behind, they can't catch up because they cannot yeah. shoot the ball. And Kansas uh, Marquette also matched up well with Dickinson. Tennessee matches up well with Dickinson too. They match up well with Kansas, but the difference is Kansas. Tennessee actually plays a slow pace of play, and if they aren't hitting shots, they they just they yep. can't do it. Like you said, if they're not hitting shots, but if they are hitting shots, they have a chance, but they still don't play a fast enough pace of play. And, and Marquette's a very very veteran team, and they've been there, and uh, they got that the gives kid them from a ECS bit. too. Yeah, I know hometown. I mean, Home it's kind of hard to play fast when you're not hooping though. You know, when you're hooping, it's easier to play fast, but well, you know, and you got a bunch of football players out there playing basketball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but physicality. I do like I do like Tennessee's team. I like Rick Barnes's teams as a whole because they are they're freakish athletes. They're long. They have a lot of potential, um, but a lot of times they're they're pretty raw. Um, but this year it does make a little bit different because Connect is that dude, and Connect has played great. Um, so. <laughs> You know, I, I do like this Tennessee team, and I'm not talking trash about them at all. I think this is a very good Tennessee team. It's just, like you said, if they're hitting shots or not, they don't play a fast enough pace of play to make up for not making shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. And then, you know, we've got a lot of good games on the slate. We've got um, Marquette and Purdue playing later today. Uh, I think this is a prime example. I think Marquette, I said at the beginning, I think Marquette wins this tournament, and I think they beat Purdue today because Purdue plays a lot like Tennessee, slow pace of play. Um, I think Marquette matches up well with them, and I think Marquette, veteran leadership, guard play, fast pace of play, I think they win this game today against Purdue. Um, They're plus money right now, too, if anybody wants to take that. That's a good bet. Um, And then tonight or this evening, 4 o'clock, we got our boys, the Memphis Tigers, who is a totally different team. I am huge on Memphis this year. They, are, I believe that they might be the most complete team in college basketball because what has Penny lacked at Memphis uh, the past couple of years? What have they lacked? A guard play. Guard play and offensive consistency. Yeah. And this year we've got arguably one of the best lead guards in America in Javon Quinterly. We have David Jones and uh, Walton who are all three great offensive players. We're all like fifth-year seniors, and we still are great defensively, which that's what Penny Hardaway lays his hat on as defense. But this year we have offensive consistency. We have guys that can put it in the hole. And Memphis teams of old always have a dominant big man who can block shots and rebound, Joey Dorsey, Malcolm Dandridge, all that. But this year we have a big man – I wouldn't say Malcolm Dandridge is – He's pretty good defensively, though. And he just sucks offensively. But – uh, this year we have Jordan Brown who can give you 20 and 10 every on any given night. Right. So 
No, nah, we're no, we're in a good spot here. I mean, uh, like you said, we're you know Penny. This is kind of his real team for once. First of all, you know he's got Quinterly, who he can really uh, help help develop. I mean, obviously Kendrick Davis was really good last year, but um, he had that one year with Memphis. But uh, you know, think back to that Jalen Duran team. James Wiseman obviously didn't really play, but. Uh, Jalen Duran, who was the point guard? I mean, you, you had Lomax. Alex Lomax <laughs> and Alex Lomax. I mean, great guy. Uh, Memphis loves him, but uh, had a lot of hustle. <laughs> you're not the answer, my man. No. And uh, Quinterly has a lot of talent, and he's the type of player that Penny can, uh, you know, help develop and really give him advice based on. I mean, Penny's a strange coach because he's probably the most successful player um out of any coach in college for sure right oh, i mean there's sure. no one even remotely close i mean penny hardway's a the um, next closest one probably kim english nba all-star and yeah jawan howard but uh, jawan yeah. howard and kim english would probably be yeah. jawan howard's he'll be back he's not coaching today he's still uh, recovering from surgery but he's not coaching coaching today against memphis I, I thought he was still on suspension or something no he's recovering from a heart uh, something uh, well, but get, get better Juwan. but yeah the, the back what you said about kendrick davis last year with memphis kendrick davis was a great lead guard and he they were a great scoring guard not a not really yeah. a true lead guard but he was a great scoring guard but the thing about that memphis team last year kendrick davis and deandre williams were so good but guess what we would score 70 points and 65 of those would come from kendrick davis and deandre williams yeah yeah and i mean if you you know we all think back to penny hardaway watching them is he was a great point guard. He wasn't that type of scorer. He, he played nothing like Kendrick Davis. Kendrick Davis was just like like Bernard's saying, he's a scorer. Uh, he's kind of that new age of Steph Curry's. I mean, you can say Steph Curry's a point guard because he, you know. Brings the ball up the He court. brings the ball up the court, but is he really a point guard? No. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the – the Nuggets, you watch them. I mean, who's the real point guard of their team? <laughs> Jokic. Jokic. Jokic is their point. I mean, he's the guy that is facilitating. They run everything through him. Um, and Jamal Murray is that scorer yeah. type. Murray might have PG beside him on the roster, but he's not. He's not. Just <laughs> like Jokic. Steph Curry. And, I mean, it's just like LeBron, too. LeBron's been labeled a small forward his whole entire career. But, he's but LeBron really is a, a point guard. He's really a point guard type player. Yeah. And Penny was the ultimate point guard. Yeah, so this this Memphis team, I, I have a lot of faith in them today. Uh, <clears throat> it's all older guys, old fifth-year players that all, all play a role, and they know their role, and we are a complete team. So I'm big on Memphis today, big on Memphis and Marquette. Um, and then, you know, <coughs> Arkansas plays today. Arkansas plays Stanford. Um, I like Arkansas a lot. Uh, I think Arkansas is a very good team. They play a fast place to play. They have good league guards. I'm big on Arkansas. Um, but I'll tell you another SEC team that I really want to talk about is uh, Alabama because they've got the kid from uh, North Dakota State or whatever it is. Uh, um, yeah. The big uh, seven-footer mm-hmm. that plays like a guard that nobody talks about anymore now that he plays on an actual good team. Uh, the dude's an NBA talent. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. And uh, Alabama's just rolling. You know, they've had uh, so many good – uh, players, so many uh, NBA prospects. I mean, Brandon Miller's uh, done a really good job this year so far. He's he's kind of on the wrong team, though. I hate hate to say it, but he's he got drafted by the Hornets, who already have Gordon Hayward, who's proven. Uh, you got uh, Big Miles Bridges coming back from his uh, hiatus. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then they don't care about ethics on that team. Yeah, and then but Brandon Miller's. He's he looks really good, and he's gonna be a future NBA All Star for sure. Um, yeah. So they they've got it going on, and obviously the NIL stuff really helps uh, a program like Alabama, who obviously has a lot of money, and they've been dominant in football for obviously years. But in basketball, their their program is is really coming up, and uh, they're a team to always look out for. Yeah. Well, I mean. Just to kind of cover it up on basketball right now, um, I think my favorite play right now would be Memphis to win Battle of Atlantis. That's plus 550. If you want to take it, go ahead and take it right now. Um, Are we sure that's not bias? I don't know. There's a little bit of bias. There's a little bit of bias behind it. But also, I bet against Memphis a lot too. So 
Yeah. This is no, uh, you gotta you gotta know. Yeah. I can never bet against my team though. You know, I I just I, I do sometimes. I feel, I feel like, like sometimes I feel like just losing money that day and betting on them because in case the other you know other you know in case they win it's a it's a win win. Yeah, you can at least cheer for them. Yeah. But all right, that's my prediction. Anybody else got a prediction for this for this week? That's my favorite bet of the week is Memphis to win Battle of Atlantis plus 550. Uh, it's a great return on your money, and I believe it's actually a, a really good bet too. Uh, it can be anything. NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, what you got for this week, this week of sports? <laughs> I really think my, my lock, uh, knowing what I know about the Ole Miss-Mississippi State <laughs> game, is Ole Miss taken. Uh, we have Mississippi State. And the line, I, I just looked at it again, it's already moved down to 10. So, hey, keep letting it go down uh, because it seems like the public is uh, betting on Mississippi State to cover. And uh, you know what happens most of the time. The public loses money. So uh, we're here to, to tell you, or I'm here to tell you today, take Ole Miss. All right, so we got Ole Miss to cover, 10 and a half. What you got? You got Tennessee beating Vanderbilt, so we can all three ride our teams here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should beat them in football. Um, I'm going the opposite. Though. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going at least it's in the same realm though. Back to college basketball. Well, I'm, we know we know who we know. Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you, Brennan. I think Marquette they're hot right now. They've been playing well ever since they landed in Maui. I don't see it stopping anytime soon. I that is they, a good bet. I, I think, would. I think they take away the the battle uh, or the Maui Invitational, and then back to my little teaser for Thursday. Give me a six-point teaser between the Lions and 49ers. That's Lions minus one and a half, 49ers minus one, or one and a half, depending on what book you're on. Um, right now, put that together. DraftKings got that. It's minus 120 odds. I like it. Take it. I like it. That is free money. And I do like that pick about Marquette, too, um, because, one, I like Marquette, but, two, that gets a little bit of revenge for you, too, for the Tennessee losing to Purdue. Gets a little bit of revenge in your pocket there. Yeah, that's right. So that's I right. like it for everybody. Well, all right. That's all our last calls. That's our picks. Uh, follow them and uh, follow us on socials and last call sports and acres down south. Okay. Um, last thing, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yes, that's right. Peace. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace.